Hello, everybody. We are coming live to you with another episode of Oliver Happy Hour, episode 100. Um, it's been a lot going on in the world this past week and in the past few months. Um, but as an introduction, I'm your girl, Debbie Dev, here in the building. Um, I'm here with my siblings, as usual, Miss Daisy O. Daisy O, always ready for the show. And my lovely brother, Darren. Hey, everybody. Yes, yes. <laughs> and we also have um, our big sister, Nikki. Nikki girl. Hey girl. <laughs> and our lovely cousin Day Day. Day Day in the house yet again. Yes. And, <laughs> and of course, you guys remember our girl Mary Jane. Hey y'all. <laughs> Mary Jane. Right. I had I Debbie, you beat me to it. Okay, I was gonna say it. <laughs> okay you guys um we're not gonna do the usual um new music and um what's popping and all so we're just gonna get right into um the whole oh well wait Kirk franklin um had a versus challenge with fred hammond and i think that was really like that was needed um, because, of course, Kirk Franklin and Fred Hammond, they are, you know, gospel artists. We all need some um, gospel in our lives, okay? Like, we, it's just, it's crazy with all the racism and the, the, the politics, I mean, the protests, I'm sorry. Um, dear, can you turn the music down a little bit? It's kind of distracting me. <laughs> But um, we've uh, we've been traumatized, I would say, um, with all the killings on camera um, just this past Monday on Memorial Day. Um, George Floyd was murdered in Minneapolis, Minnesota, um, and it sparked a lot of uh, uh, it sparked a lot of protests, riots, and looting nationwide. Um, and the protests are, the protest, the, the purpose of the protests are because, um, you know, the, the officer who murdered George, he um, was not immediately arrested. Um, he was finally arrested um, on this past Friday, um, which is still not um, sitting right with everybody because we're saying, you know, all the officers that were involved should be arrested. And um, it's just, it's just really sad because um, on Monday, it was the anniversary of George Floyd's mother um, passing away. And the whole, it all started with him, you know, going to the liquor store and um, using a, a counterfeit 20 um, 
who knows if he knew it was counterfeit or not, but the store's procedure is to call the police. And um, so they were called um, and it just escalated from there. Um, it's crazy because over the week we found out that the cop worked with George at a nightclub for a long period of time as bouncers, right? Um, so it's, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot of stuff that's going on. Um, a lot of speculation that, you know, um, this had to be like, the cop had to have some type of like vendetta against George or something like that. I'm not sure, but, um, I don't know if it, do you guys yeah, say I, I, about yeah, I think so I think that that or, or the cop was so much of you know because it was people around I guess that's what even makes it I mean even more like sadistic is that there were people around videotaping him saying you're killing this man right. and it's almost like the guy was the, the cop was just like like screw you guys I'm just gonna keep doing it you know, and, and, and I guess like what I was telling to, to you guys earlier is that when I first heard about this happening, cause this was like, what, this was like Monday, right? Monday. Uh, when I first heard about it, then, um, you know, I saw just a, a small clip of it, um, just a few minutes. I think it was, I was on Twitter or something and, um, I was just like, boy, you know, it was kind of numb. It was just like, man, I mean, this, this is messed up. This happened again. You know, this guy and died. Me, right. And then I guess probably the next day by the next day I had found out that the cop had been had, had held him down by his neck for over nine minutes and you start to think well for what couldn't you guys put him in the back of the truck I mean in the back of the patrol car but then yesterday I find out that uh, I see video of them beating George's ass in the back of the the, the police uh, uh, cruiser so I'm like before you even threw him on the ground, you guys were beating him up in the back of the squad car. And I'm trying to figure out why. If he's in the back of the squad car, you know, that, that's like a little personal sale right there. Like, you, you're telling me that you guys needed to pull him out and to, to put your foot, I mean, to put your knee against his neck? Right. I don't know. It's just ridiculous. I mean, in the video, I personally, I did not watch the video. Um, and it's whole, like the whole video because like Darren said, like that is a, that's traumatic to see, you know, like, and then to see that he's not even resistant, like he's not being, you know, problematic. He's basically, you know, crying for his life. Like he's, he's calling, pleading. He, was calling, he was calling out for his mother. He was calling out for his mother, I and then breathe. he was saying that he couldn't breathe. Like, where's the compassion? Like, I thought cops are supposed to render aid. They're supposed to be saving lives. But with this Black man, they're like, he had to have done something. Like, it just, I don't know. It just does not make any sense to me. And everybody is frustrated. Ajade, would you I, like I to say something? For a minute. Huh? Go ahead. Okay, so about this, I, before I actually got on here, I was on Instagram, and I li I was looking at Kira shared. She had shared a post of um, this white man, and he was basically comparing what's going on now co back, comparing it to 
um, Exodus chapter one with Pharaoh mm -hmm. and Moses, um, how Moses was telling him that God told him to tell Pharaoh to let his people go. So in today's society right now, mm -hmm. the police is representing, uh, is representing Pharaoh and the blacks are representing the slaves back in that was working for him and then mm -hmm. when he was saying that he was also saying that whatever blood is being shed won't be on the black people's hands it's going to be on the officer's hands because everybody that's dying nine times out of ten is because of law enforcement mm -hmm. and when he was saying that i was like wow that's a powerful that's a powerful statement because so far, I mean, all of us can agree, 2020 so far up until this point has been a real crappy year. And we've all said, like, at the beginning of the year, 2020 is for perfect vision. But with everything going on, it's really making, I know for me, and just talking about it, like, in a spiritual sense, like, it's really making you sit back and really think about all the stories that's, that's, that happened in the Bible and it's really making it like, seem like, dang, okay, so all the stories that's, that's in the Bible is like, dang, it really is some truth to that. So it's like, even if you're not a, a Christian or whatever their spiritual background is, but if you're just spiritual and if you grew up being spiritual, you can always relate back to the Bible and, and just really see like, okay, so if it happened back then, it's definitely showing its face now mm -hmm. in this day and age. In this new, I don't want to say new century, but in this new decade, because like this decade is starting off real crappy, and it's really making it forcing everybody to really like take a, a, a step back and really get to know them, and also get closer to God in a sense, or whoever their, whoever they, whatever spirituality or religion that they practice is basically making them get more in tune with that, just so they could, you know, have like a, a sense of refreshness. Yeah, so they won't be they won't be surprised that whatever else is coming on. Yes, we're human. We're going to be like, why this? Why that? But in a sense, we can't really question God, although we do anyway. But it's mm -hmm. just like it was written for us. So he said it was going to happen again. Yeah, I mean, this is just very like I I just feel like this is I you know history repeating itself. But let's let's go like over the whole you know whole incident um, with George. Um, so the hospital came back with um, I guess with their cause of death um, documents. Um, the discharge at the hospital stated he had underlying health issues, and basically they're trying to say that because of his underlying health issues that contributed to him passing. But at the end of the day, he was still pinned down for no reason, held, had a knee on his neck for nine minutes. Like, it just, it just does not make any sense. Well, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you um, probably how it happened. The damn doctor wasn't there. They didn't tell, you know, you think the police said, oh, well, we, we, we held our knee to this guy's neck for nearly 10 minutes. You know, the doctor probably just was like, oh, well, this guy probably had congestive heart failure, so he probably died from that. But, you know, like you're it's saying, you know, I mean, I'm sure 
what he did. I mean, he, he wouldn't have been dead otherwise. If he just would have right. been walking around, you saying he would have been dead if nobody wouldn't have put his, uh, their knee to his neck for 10 minutes? Yeah. Um, Daisy, you said, you had mentioned um, the same, it was, a, it was a similar case in Minneapolis where um, an unarmed woman was killed while on um, by a Minneapolis police officer. Um, yeah. and she was so yeah go can you um go into that yeah I'll just share a little bit because as of course this is obviously traumatic and seeing this type of behavior from the police repeatedly is problematic but what is more I would say um I would say like creating this sense of anger and lividness people were really irate and upset and I think Darren mentioned being irate like before we started this show it makes a lot of sense because in a similar situation in Minneapolis only a couple of years ago in 2017 and this is from like the New York Times we found this article um, this man who was a police officer forget his name I have to like look it up um, but he was a Somalia-American cop from Minneapolis, and he killed an unarmed white woman. And the, he was arrested immediately, taken into jail, served a, um, and sentenced to 12 and a half years in prison, charged with third degree and second degree murder as well. Um, but what really makes us upset is this Black cop who made a mistake or you know, we don't know what the reasons were. I didn't really say in the article what happened specifically other than she was out in her pajamas and she didn't deserve to be shot pretty much. Um, but, you know, whatever the reasons were, they treated this man, this black man who's a cop, they took away uh -huh. his badge. Now he's serving his time in jail. He didn't spend five whole days outside of jail. He was arrested immediately and taken into custody for the murder of this white woman. Why in a similar situation, mind you, this situation with the black cop was not recorded, but you right. have a whole recording, which is evidence of a murder happening, pretty much a modern day lynching, which we'll get into a little bit later. This is a modern day lynching happening again. And then you have the slow response of the justice system. So this is why people are protesting. Like there's... Right. For this to happen repeatedly, for the lynchings to happen repeatedly, um, and I call it modern day because back in the day, they would just have a newspaper editor come out and take photos and put it in newspapers. Mm -hmm. So that's how the world and the nation became aware. Now we have social media, so it's spread much quicker, but it's the same traumatization same thing. that it's causing in Black people, which is fear. Well, I'm going to just stick to my side of the street because I don't want to be lynched like these other Black people. Like, you have to think about this, the mentality that is trying to spread. Um, and I do want to kind of talk about the way that the media portrays that or perpetuates that um, and it causing fear among people of color and what it's doing to us. It's making us in this fight or flight mode where immediately we like when you reach a certain tipping point when you're in constant in a constant state of stress mm -hmm. at some point you are going to react in a way that you have to fight and i think that's what the nation is seeing right now is people of color and those who are allies 
coming together and saying, this is time to fight now because we have no other option. Yeah. That is perfectly stated, Daisy. And as you mentioned, the protest, I mean, L.A. County, <laughs> they put L.A. County on curfew since yesterday. Um, yesterday, the curfew was, what, 8 to 5.30, 8 p.m. to 5.30 a.m. this morning. And then today, um, first, they sent out, like, an alert um, that the curfew was um, 8 p.m. again to um, 5.30 a.m., but they bumped it up two hours and said, no, uh, curfew is 6 p.m. to um, 6 a.m., or is it 5.30 a.m.? Um, I'm not sure, but... So 6 a.m. 6 a.m. So, um, the police is out, but they're being, like, very... They're using, like, extreme force on protesters that are protesting peacefully. Um, There was a New York uh, police car that just, like, rammed through um, a crowd of protesters um it's just numerous videos of anarchists tagging and vandalizing buildings to incite violence you know like it's 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 just ridiculous how like they're just coming to like make things worse just so they you know just so the police can blame you know black people but that's why the protesters are recording the anarchists because they're like this is them this is not us we're trying to peacefully protest they're the ones who are coming in with their mask on dressed in all black or have like sunglasses on so they won't be easily identified but the protesters are saying like we see y'all like we're not the ones that are you know causing damage to buildings vandalizing buildings and stuff um, Did you guys hear about that guy, that cop out in Minneapolis uh, or out in St. Paul? Um, you know, the Twin Cities on the other side of the river. Um, in St. Paul, there's like this this cop, he was off duty, and he was going around uh, uh, breaking windows out in uh, in, in, in buildings and in, in businesses. Right. And it was his yeah. ex-wife who identified him. So, you know what? I know that's that guy. That's him right there. Yeah, you know, right. He's, he's up there starting shit, you know? They're looking for that guy right now, too. I think that they um, they actually identified him because he had a mask on, but other people that saw the video actually identified him as a Minneapolis cop. So I don't know if he's been arrested or anything, but they have identified him as affiliated with the cops. But I'm trying to figure out, like, well, what's the motive of even doing that? Are you going for justice? Mean? Well, how come? Why don't you go do it at a union meeting or in the in the in the break room? Why don't you start there? You got to beat the shit out of out of buildings around, you know. I, I mean, because it makes you think that they're just trying to muddy the waters around here, trying to make every everyone look bad, and they're trying to try to focus the attention off of the real uh, uh, pest at hand, which is overzealous police officers who get all emotional and want to go on power trips and beat the mm-hmm. shit out of people because they want to, because they feel like they're, that, that their authority isn't mm-hmm. respected. Right. You know, because protect and serve, it's a model and you, a, a motto, you realize that it's not an ideal, that those mm-hmm. two are two different things. If you're, you know, anyway, 
Uh, um, yeah. Nikki, you're bringing up some really good points. Yeah, you are. I'm curious to hear from Nikki and Mary, you know, yeah. if we could kind of share a little bit about our perspective and like what's going on. But Nikki and Mary, how do you guys feel about this? Um, I think literally, like, I didn't know like about the chaos until, um, because um, I was at work all day yesterday um, until I um was leaving work and I just so happened to call Jalen and he told me that the city was under a curfew and I was trying to figure out okay so what's going on because where I was at it was all peace in the hood in the city of El Segundo <laughs> and so um and then to come home and see everything that is going on in the news it just brought like oh my gosh look okay so we're everybody is sick and tired and so of what's going on and so now they're taking it to the streets they're protesting you know it's like so many opportunities um for to let the leaders that we put in office to do something and they're not mm -hmm. doing anything it's been so many years okay so Trayvon Martin died in 2012 up to now here it is 2020 right mm -hmm. and so you have all these years and not to say like even back in what, 94 when um, Rodney, was it 94? I can't remember. 92. Uh, 92, yeah, Rodney King. And that happened. We have all this time and everything, and it seems like nothing is getting better. And mm. even, it seems like it's getting more frequently, and it's like nobody cares. Mm -hmm. So when I see stuff on TV, it's like you guys' generation is now speaking out where you like enough is enough you guys have enough guts to go out there and just like stand for it and be like look i don't have time for this we're not doing this no more and mm -hmm. we're going to fight and so but i'm all for protesting and getting your word out but at the same time people need to go vote we end up with the food in the office right now because yeah. people didn't turn out to vote Right. So we talk well, about change and everything, but mm -hmm. the change is you have to go to the polls. You have to let people elect people in office that is going to do something about it right. and everything. You know, people we could protest and everything like that, and we could let our opinions be known. That's great, but mm -hmm. there has to be action. It's not just be like, oh yeah, I'm for the cause. I'm for the cause. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what are your actions to make a change and everything? Right. Because these people that's out here looting and rioting and doing crazy at nighttime, they're not the same people who are in the daytime protesting. Right. So it's two different crowds, you know, right. who are trying to tear up some stuff and they say it's for a cause. It's not for a cause. You're just trying to get some free shit as far as yeah. I'm concerned. So, yeah. You know, instead of paying for it, yeah, we are in a pandemic and, you know, people are suffering. And so maybe they feel like this is how they're going to get it. But don't say that you're standing up for this man that just lost his life. Right. At the yeah. same time, your actions. Now, I want to say elections in November and we'll see what will happen. So mm -hmm. it's a movement. Hopefully it can stay all the way up until it's time to make some change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. What about you, Mary? I've been taking all these notes while I'm listening to y'all. Right. I don't see her, but <laughs> she's don't like, see my right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> For a couple reasons. One, um, 
it, there's just so much to process. I feel like this week, this year, we've taken in so much information and we've been contained mm-hmm. in small spaces. Um, yes. And we've been told how to live our lives and we've been told what's safe and what isn't safe. And we don't know what is safe, to be honest. At the end of the day, underneath what's happening now is an entire health pandemic that already has our communities feeling out of control and, and nervous. Um, and I, I don't think anyone is in their right mind or I come from a social justice and mental health perspective. Like no one is in wise mind right now. No one's like able to make decisions that, and I shouldn't say no one, many people aren't able to make decisions that are helpful for themselves or their communities. But what do you expect speaking specifically to what's happening this week, when you continue to brutalize an entire race intentionally, it is on blast over and over again, when, when does it change? And that's when I feel I have uh, the privilege, first of all, to, to speak up in the essential service that needs to be done of all white privileged people, any white person, let's not just say privileged, any white person to stand up and do something because the solution isn't with the people who are being oppressed. It's with the people who are in power. I really appreciate what Ajay said when she started with talking about 2020 was supposed to be this like perfect vision year. And y'all know God is funny. When you pray, you better pray specific because God has shown us, sure, you can have perfect vision and here's your vision. The vision is there is injustice everywhere in the education system and the employment system in the healthcare system, in our justice system, and it's all run by the privileged. So the privileged have the responsibility of doing something about that. And when you think about why this is still occurring, it's because of the institutionalized racism held down by privileged people. People in power and privilege have the social responsibility to do something about it. Sorry, and, yeah, I just got excited. <laughs> and if not, history repeats itself over and over again. But the question becomes, what are those solutions? And there's right. appropriate solutions and there's inappropriate solutions. Right. I would say pillaging and setting things on fire are inappropriate solutions. Right. But that's also speaking to a group of people who are not in wise mind. They have been backed into a corner or taking mm-hmm. advantage of the opportunity to continue to suppress people of color and mm-hmm. deal loot and harm people, or the people who do have the ability to calmly say, this is crazy. Maybe I didn't see it before, but I see it now. And now what do I need right. to do? What do I need to do as a white person of privilege is acknowledge my privilege, acknowledge right. the disparity between me and my neighbor. And not because I want to make my neighbor feel bad and not because I have to feel bad about it, but because if you don't acknowledge it and start coming together with focus groups, therapy, meditation, prayer, community development, there is no way to change an institution, intergenerational trauma and violence, unless you start holding safe spaces for people to do so. Oh, Mary Jane, girl. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I was great, Mary. Um, but I wanted to add because uh, uh, in church today, um, um, you know, at church I was asked to speak. It was it was uh, you know um, the Legacy Sunday, you know. So um, you know, one of the the you know the young teenagers they had asked me to give a testimony about what to do, um, you know, um, you know, when you ask for God help, like you know, have you you know what have you done? I mean, and I I basically start off with just uh, my own testimony of just saying that um, sometimes God gives us intuition. 
Mm-hmm. Or sometimes he gives intuition to someone else we know, and they in the in it tra- you know it communicates to us because you know my own testimony is that you know like um, one of our intercessors at church that you know told mommy who had told me like hey make sure you you know you you oil you know put some oil throughout throughout your whole house so you know I'm going through the house and you know I, I find a security flaw in the house you know to where mm-hmm. it's like whoa like like this isn't good like somebody could break in. Like, I didn't even see this, you know? Uh, um, so, um, and, and then I even think back of even other times when God has shown me, like, have intuition, like, to say, like, okay, well, don't, you shouldn't really, you shouldn't walk inside this room. Like, this room, I just make an about face, turn around. And I've done that sometimes, right? I'm about to go somewhere, and then, like, I'm on my way there, and then all of a sudden, I'm just like, huh, let me stop and get a burger, and then turn around and go back home. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's happened to me. And I, but I distinctly remember in the fall, like me having a, a conversation with some of my coworkers and we're just talking about how stuff is just getting like, is just getting intense. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to them, this is just preparation for what's to come. It's wow. going to get worse. Like you think that this shit is going to get better. Some of the stuff is going to get worse. And yeah. you know, it's crazy. Cause you know, sometimes I just say stuff just like real, like, I just say it real quick and then it's like, ah, yeah, move on, you know? <laughs> so, but I'll never forget that because like they both like stared at me for like a, like a second, like, uh, <laughs> okay. I'm like, yeah, it's going to get worse. You know, what do you guys have for lunch? You know, then, <laughs> you know, but no, really, I mean, and that is what we are, are enduring. Things are, are getting worse and, 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 you know, like you were saying, Mary, like about getting pushed up against the wall. Like, I feel like there were anarchists that that were out there that are out there who, like, they just attach themselves to any kind of protest that's happening, and, and they have tactical skill to go in, and they're 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 going in to start some to start stuff. They they go in wanting to throw stuff at the police. Yes. They go in bringing batons or, or bringing weapons to go break windows. Like mm-hmm. sometimes they just break the windows. And then, you know, just like I was telling you guys earlier, you know, look, I'm not a looter. I'm not going to break into any place. But if people are running out of an Adidas store and I'm walking past it, you know, I might ask them if they got my socks. You know? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just being real. You know, I am not a looter. I don't condone it. Right. But, you know, if somebody were to throw me a size 11s, you know, wow, I'm I, might just, I might just put the new shoes on and keep on walking, you know, <laughs> leave, leave my braggedy shoes to somebody else to come take. But, oh, I'm, so I'm not about to play with you, but let's get back on, you know, let's get back on the agenda. Okay. So we were talking about, um, you know, the, the protests and everything, but, um, we wanted to talk about the Ku Klux Klan and the history on how it started and why does white supremacy groups still exist? Well, I, I remember I brought it up a, a little bit because I've been watching the History Channel. Uh, they had a mini series on uh, President Grant, you know, who was the, the uh, general of the, the Army of the United States who successfully led to the, uh, um, the Union winning the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, right after the war ended, you have disgruntled Confederates, right? Mm-hmm. They lost a war, you know? They fought for their livelihood. They thought that the end all be all and they just got trampled. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, there's animosity, right? You got these Northerners coming in. And so it starts out a card game, right? 
the Ku Klux mm -hmm. Klan, these former Confederate soldiers, wanting to, to terrorize black people to keep them in their place. Right. Because they're, they've been given rights, you know, and, and, and during this, this time is called Reconstruction. And what Grant doesn't get credit for is that the first time around, he smothers the Ku Klux Klan because the Klan, they started out as a terrorist organization, terrorizing mm -hmm. black people, killing them, hanging them, mm -hmm. burning crosses outside of their home. Once they were given the right to vote, once black people, once the, you know, the, the amendments were passed to give uh, voting rights to, to, to black men, because remember, women weren't allowed to vote. So it would have right. just gone to, to black former slaves, male slaves, right? Once they mm -hmm. were given the right to vote, then all of a sudden, they wanted to, to, to say, well, you know, nigger, you better not show up to vote or I'm going to kill you and your whole family. Right. And, and, and they could do it because there was no repercussion for them. So mm -hmm. you, 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 generations over generations, you have this attitude that I could shoot and kill or do whatever to a black person. And I'm not, I'm not even, you know, nobody would even care. I'm doing society a favor. Mm. That, yeah. So that I mean, well, that's, that's how the Klan started. But you know, the, the Klan, that law was around for a little bit until the 1890s, until Jim Crow started. And then, you know, the resurgence of the Klan happened again in the, uh, in the 19 teens and 1920s. You know, if you guys, you know, remember D.W. Griffith's uh, Birth of a Nation really, really reignited interest in the Klan based off of that racist movie that he did in 1915 mm. that was actually shown and viewed by Woodrow Wilson in the White House. Mm. But uh, anyway. It's just, it's crazy to me because I feel like that the, there are definitely some um, members of the KKK still in the police department. And this is why there have been so many cases of officers being, not even being fired, you know, being suspended or, you know, on paid leave. Like that just does not, it's, it's just blatant, like disrespect is blatant racism and it's like what what do we do about it and that's why it's so many people protesting because obviously yes we want our, vo our we want our voice voice to be heard and we want those officers to get the consequences or to get the you know yeah the consequences the proper consequences of what they did like they freaking yeah. murdered a man on camera I mean, I just kind of, and to kind of expand on what you're talking about, Devin and Darren as well, when you think about the history of America, the history of America is rooted in looting. It's rooted in violence. It's rooted in taking over um, bodies and taking over a, a specific area for power to be able to do whatever you want to do me and Mary were talking in the car and we were just like with Native Americans and the Europeans coming over here. It was looting. It was rape. It was violence. It was, um, it was fire. It was lynching. It was burning. Like it was just, it was so many things that happened to Native Americans of this particular land. So I don't, I don't want to hear not one person from European descent talk about, I'm not, I'm very serious about this. Talk about looting or violence if they cannot recognize that their own people 
are and they are products of that kind of action i don't mm -hmm. I, 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 if you don't acknowledge that honestly i don't i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear you speak you don't have whatever you have to say has no value it has no relevance because you're not even taking um into context the fact that your own people started this land in that way mm -hmm. if, if black people with people of color people who were brought here here against their will are acting in in that way it's because they learned it from somebody and who did they learn it from i i was That's looking at I like no i was wait. sorry no I was, yeah, just, <laughs> 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 no no because you had said exactly what this woman um i think she's um one of the she's one of she's a leader of uh black lives matter movement um and she was saying you know um you guys looted america like you guys came over here and you know just ravaged took everything seven ravaged took everything through, ravaged through native american land took yes. it, like brought in famine brought in disease brought in viruses killed yes. a whole population of people so you know what? Yeah, the lady yeah, she raping, said, yeah, and raping women and raping women. So if I if if I'm burning down some motherfucking buildings, excuse my language, I don't really care because you have been burning bodies. So yeah, I'm burn down a Target. Yes, I mean for me, I don't have a problem. I'm I'm not personally going to go out there, but I also don't judge people who feel so enraged and so outraged i understand their freaking burn, rage burn it down because what the hell like how are you gonna say you know that th these people are thugs and these people are looters right. and they vandalize right. everything but like the lady and like daisy was saying you got we if we learn anything from y'all that's one thing that we fucking learned right from y'all yeah i have a thing to destroy I some shit I don't care about destroying it and everything, but don't do it. Like and I told you guys earlier today, I'm more concerned about don't do it in our community. Because of course, right. like, like having them do this looting and rioting and everything in Beverly Hills and Fairfax, it didn't bother me none. I was like, go ahead. <laughs> no. Take all the shoes in Adidas. It's okay. Go ahead. Bust up the Target. They got I was like, give me some um stuff in there too. Are you at it? You know, but I'm like don't do it in our communities because in our communities we have to fight in order to have these places exactly. you know it's not easy to come by for our community so if you loot and you take everything from the target in compton right. or you know or anything like you know you guys got the ulta now you know we was over the compton <laughs> center and everything you know, right. there's like places there that you have to fight to get it you know yeah. so, to want to come to our communities in the first place and establish these businesses here so don't please don't touch our community stuff go touch it over there in the privileged area, the privileged area. <laughs> right back you know that's like my whole thing is like they can afford to uh petition to get stuff back easily us, right. it would take forever in a day and then you gotta drive further to try mm. to go here to right. get this you looking for because we i think we need stuff of quality too you know instead okay. of 
<laughs> you know, markets, places that have like the leftover crap. No, I don't want no leftover crap. I work hard for my stuff. So I want to be able to go out my door and be able to purchase nice things too. And right. so don't tear up our communities because yeah. they're not going to come back. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, and even speaking of that, it's lot, it's lots that are still vacant from being burned down from the 92 uh, uh, rebellion. You yes. know, and and, and uh, what I wanted to say as well, I mean, to your point, yeah, Nikki, yeah, I, I didn't care either so much that it happened on Melrose and then on Fairfax. You know, I feel sorry if one of them were like a definitely a small business owner, but I don't care that they went into Urban Outfitters or Nordstrom's or, <laughs> or any of those places like, like I give a damn. You know, sounds like a jobs program to me. Sounds like they just created about a thousand new jobs rebuilding all that shit because you know they're going to start next week. <laughs> right. You know, out here it's going to, you know, it's, it's stuff that still, you know, still isn't addressed. It needs that are still exactly. you know, underserved out here. So, yeah, I mean, I, I really don't care that much either. I don't condone it, but, you know, I, you know, right. Yeah, Mary, were you going to say something? Yeah, in connection to your point, Darren, about the Ku Klux Klan, I've heard people's reactions, white people, which, by the way, it's really hard sometimes to uh, own my people, so I'm very embarrassed these days, and that is a whole different conversation, but to bring to the point of the Ku Klux Klan and how they, like, ever were able to do the things that they were able to do, and it still exists, it's to me, from where I'm sitting, it is the history of racism has always been there. Then the people in power developed a justice system for when they also created the Constitution, which, created by white men, told everyone how to live their lives. It was created so it made them, it made it okay for them to say whatever they wanted. And if anyone said something different, there was a justice system in place that would keep that, that would shut them up. Yeah. And it still exists. It's a it's the replication of what history has already showed us doesn't work. Yeah, because they were basically like, I could go down to the pub, you know, because, you know, back in those days, you know, the pubs were the meeting places. So I could go to the pub, get jacked up, say whatever I want, freedom of speech. Right. Except for you niggas over there. Don't say anything about me. Don't run right. away. Right. You're only three-fifths of a person, and I'm going to try to count you so that I could get representation uh, uh, um, numbers from you, but I'm not going to give you any rights. Of course mm. not. And I, I think out of that one example, and there's a bajillion more that if we don't create, if you can't change the justice system, what about the other part that says what everyone's rights are? When did freedom of speech be, become a violation of civil and human rights? And if you don't change the constitution, which allows people to treat others like animals, then you need to rewrite the way that our society is run, right. which means also white men don't need to be developing it. You need a public, which is primarily people of color, contributing to the rights that they want to have based on the system that the white man has already implemented that clearly don't work. Absolutely. I think the movement to abolish uh, police departments is just growing. I don't think that people ever really considered it. I mean, at least millennials, because I never really considered like, okay, like abolish police departments. Like I never really like thought about that concept seriously. Hmm. But after this week, it's like, yeah, this shit has (laughs) to go, you know, because if you look and you see even the peaceful, like you were saying earlier, Devin, the peaceful protesters who are out there congregated with, you know, just chanting, just mm-hmm. chanting. 
we can't breathe. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that they deserve to get pepper sprayed and do, the, mm-hmm. do all these little uh, 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 pepper spray balls and these little flash bombs. I exactly. see that. And officers push people down who were, who were mm-hmm. walking away, who, who, who shoved them away, shoved them on the ground. People took batons and start agitating people because they felt that their authority was being checked. I'm like, get your scary ass off the field if you that if you that scary. You're not a soldier. You shouldn't be equipped like one, and you don't. You definitely don't have the heart as one. Okay. Go ahead. Go on, Najee. <laughs> but with him just saying that, it, de- it definitely just just took me back to the civil rights movement mm-hmm. in the '60s, where everybody <laughs> was just you know just out protesting, and yeah, you got the uh, black people on one side. Mm-hmm. And the on the other side, Lord forbid, please don't let them start getting the fire hose out and start trying to push people with the fire hose. Lord forbid that, because I mean, it is really, it's. Well, they don't need no fire hose time. nowadays. They got these damn flash bombs and these pepper spray guns. Oh no, they got yeah. some rubber bullets Hell. too. Yeah. Oh boy, and then with the that, rubber bullets. Yeah, they got they, they high tech for water hoses. They don't even need no damn water hoses. But I want them to start showing them people getting hit by those rubber bullets and people yeah. getting hit by those Darren, by I see, pepper spray and stuff. Because that is girl. no joke. Darren, I seen a girl. She was hit by a rubber bullet, and when I say it looked like she had a little hole in the middle of her head, like she had it, it was she had a black eye. Like, I was like, dang, like that looked like a real gunshot, like it looked like she was clearly shot in the head. Yeah, no, I saw that too, and she was severely damaged. She was severely only, only about four nine, so she's super tiny at that, and like the rubber bullet i don't know how powerful they are but it looked like it was a gunshot wound just about how much damage it caused to her face when i say it looked like she had a gunshot to the head like mm-hmm. i was just yeah, like what the hell i mean it's it's clearly insidious and something is insidious within the police department's and Darren, you're right. I have I haven't thought about dismantling police departments, but perhaps that needs to be a larger conversation where if we are gonna have police departments, they need to be highly, highly strenuously trained. There needs to be some level of accountability amongst themselves because that clearly has not been happening. Whatever I think one of the police chiefs. Um, in one of the uh, states, um, I forget which city that it was, Um, it was a female police chief that said there is not consistent training among Mm -hmm. across the nation. And that is problematic because I could be doing my due diligence in training my police officers to be peacekeepers, to have connections with the community, to um, increase community development, to build relationships with businesses, um, respond appropriately. But if my fellow officers across the nation are not doing the same thing, it just, it perpetuates this insidious cycle of like, I may be doing positive, but you still have this area that's like pulling me back. So I can never fully grow as a department because there's people holding us back. And how do you get them out? How do you... How do you weed out the rotten apples? How do you weed out the weeds? 
you know, from your garden of, of trying to create peace and love and protection for the American people. And it's okay to weed out people who are racist. Okay. That's supposed to be a part of the weeding <laughs> out system. Like, right. That's how you decrease police brutality to start. Yes. And not to mention, if your police are in your, the communities in which they reside, then why are you walking into an unfamiliar place that feels as if you're not safe? Why not be, because police are in constant fight or flight mode. They're always 24-7. <laughs> I got a lot of compassion for them. Not to Your mention, brothers are. Two, I have one brother that's on the SWAT team, one brother that is a cop. I got multiple people in the military, but also my cop brothers are black. I got three black brothers. I got three white brothers. My cop brothers are black. And I was texting them last night, like, are y'all okay? How do you feel about being it? Right. Right. Like, what what is that work? Like? What happened? Like, what is their take on every, like, by the right. police force, like, what is their take on that? Like, yes, they signed up to serve and protect, but yet they have other people that also signed the oath to serve and protect, but they're killing them. They're killing right. Like, so what, what is their take on everything that's been going on for the past almost 10 years? Like, how I, do they feel about that? I love that question, and I feel like they could be guests some other time to break that down but i don't, I I don't wish they would. That outside of that it feels i know that they're like i feel bad when i have to face my brother in ethnicity and race and say mm -hmm. i gotta do this anyway but like, that mm -hmm. doesn't feel good to them they don't know how to do that but it's their job do i do i shoot this guy with a rubber bullet that's 20 years old and black or do i get fired and lose my career and by the way, they're not people out there fighting against people who are protesting. They're doing their job. And so mm -hmm. their perspective is like, I don't, I don't want to be perceived as a police brutalitist. I want to be seen as a protector. But when I'm told to respond in this way, how else are people to see me? Right. Which is the mean of the police department. Because if you're being told something and you that you're not supposed to be doing it, there's a mismanagement of the departments that's happening. Yes. Mm -hmm. What were you guys going to say? No, I said, no, um, you know, like on Instagram, it's a whole bunch of different, like, um, chief of police departments and different things are coming out and speaking and saying that, you know, we're against this. We are with you, the protesters. You know, we're we're fighting with you. You know, we're putting our batons <laughs> down. We'll march with you. There was one, one that was in, um, I think maybe he was in Minnesota or Flint. Michigan. It was Flint, Flint, Michigan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where he was like, "Oh, we'll march with you guys." Right. So and they start chanting, "Walk with us." Yeah, yeah. Like, let me walk with you and everything. Like even Flint, even the chief of police in Minneapolis, he was out there today talking. You know, CNN had him on, and he was talking to um george um floyd's um family he even took his hat off and even the reporter got a little bit emotional because i guess uh, don lemon had um the family on and so the um news reporter lady was there while he was speaking to the community he was out in the community today talking to everybody and he answered a question he took his hat off because he was like he was compassionate he's like this is not what we represent you know mm -hmm. like yeah there's um you know you know there's always going to be underlying racism and mm -hmm. like we live in california right and i had to tell Jalen before i was like just because they are not actually speaking it like they do in the south don't mm -hmm. be fooled mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. because 
you need to watch your back regardless. Like you didn't grow up around it being in your face and throwing at you, but best believe you have come across somebody within yeah. your 18 years just being here in Southern California that don't like you because you're a young black boy. Right. And they are going to fight against you and want to hold you back, but they mm -hmm. will smile in your face mm -hmm. right. the whole time where they're trying to cut you. Right. So you have to be cautious about, yeah. you know, yes. you know, you could be working in the office and I don't know. And over here where I'm at to see how the Ku Klux Klan is active over here, you know, and it's like, oh, shoot. Okay. They got a whole little thing over here. Yes. <laughs> you would not think that, right? <laughs> but it is. It's I mean, you'd kid. be surprised. You know, I heard that it was um, an officer. I'm not sure where. I want to say it was in Minnesota, but they found like he was. I don't think it was Minnesota, but it was somewhere, um, um, where he they found a um a Ku Klux Klan application like that was framed in his house. I don't know how like they had gotten to his house or what happened. Like why did they go even go in the house to search or anything? Uh -huh. But he had a freaking application. Like, that was framed. Right. I don't think all police, like, my point is, like, I don't think all police officers are... No. ...there to get you, but, and I understand their job is stressful, and they may have, they may have PTSD about some other kind of situation that they've been in before and everything, or they could be just trigger-happy or whatever, you know, but you, they have to need, they really need to go through a lot more psychological background background yeah. checks right yeah, <laughs> and things like that and then when things happen um in their career that probably affect them differently you know make they them need differently therapy. they still need to be like remember who are you here for what are you here for you know and so those things maybe they need to be taken off the street and have a desk job and just right. sit there but they need to be checked that's this, what it is. We do need we do need police. I'm sorry. There's too many crazy is, No, but let me say this one. Let me say this, okay? The police, they are there. Their job is to render aid. Okay. It's to render aid, it's to save lives, it's to uh, it's you know they're to be peacemakers and to resolve issues you know where whenever it's like excessive force when some when you know somebody is not even being like when they're not even resisting arrest like I feel like that is an issue for on the officer's end like like Nikki was saying if you are you know if you experience uh, you know something traumatic in your line of duty you need to be quarantined okay <laughs> like quarantine okay you need to be <laughs> i think like i really think that like there is the now i don't know if they really have this like in place, like if you know, once you you know shoot somebody and kill somebody, 
on duty, like if they have to go through training again, or if they have, you know, they need psychological um, therapy. Um, but whatever they're doing now, it's not working. I so they just need to go back to the drawing board on how officers are trained. Like they need a, a thorough psychological evaluation. Um, they need to be trained in, um, like the, the, I don't know. What is it? What is it called? I don't know. What, I don't know, but they need to be retrained. Okay. In all aspects. <laughs> You're on the right path. You're right. There's a battery of tests they have to take. One of them could be racism, multicultural competence. Something. You can be evaluated on stress. You can be evaluated on depression. You can be evaluated on anger. You can be evaluated on racism. I promise you. It's just not going to look like A, B, C, or D because microaggressions aren't always verbal. So it has to be in different ways of assessing it. Yes. Yeah. But some some police departments do do that. Like they'll take you off of uh, patrol and like assign you to desk duty, but it's not consistent. You know, I'm sure it's not consistent. Another point that you were bringing up earlier, uh, Mary, is just that, like, yeah, I mean, you know, officers, they are under command, and sometimes the bad apple is the sergeant, or it's the lieutenant, Mm -hmm. or it's the captain who's been in the department and and has been burnt out because they've been in the force for 20, 25 years. So they they think that all black people are a certain way. They just right. burned out. They should have retired a long time ago and did something else, like become a florist or something. Well, but they, just... they wanted they want to keep getting a pension. So <laughs> they kept working at it, even though they were burnt out, raggedy in their thinking process, too. And they're over here commanding these cadets out here, trying to tell them to be on the front line, tell them they're going to get fired if they don't start firing off on people. Oh, hold that line. Right. Look at this yeah. isn't Iwo Jima. Like, like you're actually dealing with protesters right. who have constitutional rights to protest, and that is not being respected. You know, I, I now we got to have martial law to where we got to stay inside because right. you guys want to go protect some buildings over there in Hollywood. <laughs> I completely concern okay. because honestly, I do feel like the policing of American citizens is more along the lines of um, them militarizing like the police has become the military and one thing that i know is different when you have the military and then you have civilian life i don't think that some of these police police officers have that clear distinction that citizens and civilians operate differently than Mm -hmm. in military or war zone Mm-hmm. I really do believe that policing and the ways that police are exerting brutality and violence is more along the actions of being at war. Right. When you're a police officer, you are not at war with the citizens. You're actually supposed to be supporting them, creating an environment that allows them to move safely, protest safely as well. But if you come from a military background, say, some of these police officers are coming from a military background. They haven't been trained properly. They're not getting psychologically evaluated properly either. And they're thrown out into the field. Guess what? Mentally, they're just going to snap and get right yes. back to the zone. And that's our problem is we're, we are hiring people too quickly to work for the police department without assessing their clear background. And Devin, you did mention this. 
in that if you have a traumatic experience in the police, there needs to be a clear evaluation that says you are mm -hmm. here to return back into work because yes. of these levels, not just one thing, not just one person, okay? Mm -hmm. One person that gives you a clearance. There needs to be multiple clearances. Yes. And if one doesn't give you a clearance, you don't go back out. You don't got the access to go back. So there needs to be some level of, like I said, accountability for yes. police officers that are militarizing our streets mm -hmm. and not treating civilians with their proper rights. And that's what I want the White House and other places to recognize is we're not giving citizens and civilians their proper rights because mm -hmm. we're allowing people from the police force to enact these war zones. Right. I was going to say, um, so um, I was telling Devin earlier and Darren, I think that uh, my sister Mary was out there yesterday in Fairfax um, mm -hmm. during the protests and everything. And so she was telling me like, oh, it was peaceful. You know, everybody had, because my concern was <laughs> the coronavirus. Like, you go out there and do it. But I was like, did everybody have their mask on? You know, she was like, yeah, everybody had their mask on. It was very peaceful and everything. But then she said, you know, they had a barricade, you know, and people were like going around the barricade because there was a lot of people. And that's when the police wanted to start shooting their whatever that stuff they small stuff in the, in the air because people are going to but in what, reality is if it's too many people there you need to push the barricade back right you not get upset because they're crazy. you need to push it back and make more room for it right oh mm -hmm. you didn't expect this many people so that means that you need to give them more space don't get mad because they going over it because they need space Right. So a common sense would be like, okay, let's open up more space for them. Let's not get mad because they crossing this barrier. You know, it's more people than what was expected. So mm -hmm. let's help them out and give them more space. It's no time for it because they're crossing something that you're upset about it. And then the, it's just, you know, your reaction is going to trigger a different reaction. Yes. This, this is, that's the problem because I feel like the officers that are out here like they think or not not just out here just the officers they have like this this like anger like it's bad no, no, that people are out here protesting for no, they're arrogant justice an arrogant authoritative state you know, and because and and and, it, and it's and it's them getting upset because they them feeling like nobody's respect. Why the hell would you be a fucking police officer if you if you you know if I, that just don't make no sense to me? Like if y'all are mad and y'all are arrogant that y'all gotta be out here yeah, and doing shit. Like why be a police officer? Because of the money, Devin. Because of the money. Look, just a week ago they were talking about how LAPD how they're overpaying. Uh, uh, the officers because they're giving them a seventy five hundred bonus if they got a bachelor's degree. So so and that yeah that and that's a because it was a deal that Garcetti signed with the union. So they're getting way more money and 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 now in the in the time of coronavirus where they're furloughing most of the workforce in the city, the the LAPD officers are over here getting a bonus. They're getting this sweetheart deal because they have a bachelor's degree. And they're saying, oh, well, that's because, uh, uh, you know, officers with a bachelor's degree, they seem to have better cognitive assessment skills. Well, then hire only people with bachelor's degrees. Is it that fucking, you know, is it, is it that hard? 
to think about. Go ahead, Ajay. I'm sorry, I saw your hand up. If that's gonna be the case, everybody got a bachelor's degree. We should be started on step two, no matter what we went through. Because I, me, per, as a city employee, God knows I love my job. God knows I'm happy I got picked up when I did. But when the new fiscal year starts, my pay might get affected by this because of the furlough. And if the police officers are getting upset because of the furlough, of the, of the, of the pay cut that they might get come the new fiscal year, guess what? You signed the same oath and you got to okay. go by the same rules and regulations that every other city employee got to abide by. Oh, I don't think there right. was. Period. And if that's going to be the case, check everybody that y'all didn't sign within the past 15 to 20 years that I didn't hire, didn't hire full-time. Make sure if everybody got a bachelor's degree, give them extra bonus. Period. Yeah. Don't just treat the law enforcement differently and uh, the, any other city employees another way. That, that's not fair. Yes, y'all put your life on the line, but guess what? Y'all signed up for that. Y'all always said when y'all were when y'all were kids, y'all want to be a police officer to serve and protect. If that's what if that is what y'all want to do when y'all were younger, but if y'all finally get the position and the title, and yet y'all are reneging back on what y'all on what y'all wanted to do back when y'all were kids, you have to get your badge taken away. Period. Because people don't deserve to be getting their lives taken away by people that's supposed to serve and protect them, not serve and kill. Yeah. Damn Period. Yeah, just talking about bachelor's degrees, you can have any bachelor degree. That don't make you smart. It, okay. It's not particular. It's not specialized to police force and trauma and cultural competence and processing your emotions. Like, I could get a bachelor's in English then and just go be a cop and suddenly get this bonus. How about, I know it's going to cost money to train police differently. That's what you're talking I appreciate that you're like, put your money towards training. Well, they kind of did. They did it backwards though they gave money right. to anyone who has education but the public education system is shit everybody knows that so right. if you want them to be trained and be educated you can specialize what their training is in put the money in where the need is not just to cover a band-aid right right yeah no i completely agree and i did want to like kind of keep the conversation moving because i do think that the way that the social media is portraying everything and perpetuating these images of black bodies being murdered in front of our eyes is incredibly like problematic and traumatic. It's re-traumatizing. And I have an issue because we did talk about the pandemic video being taken down right. and COVID-19, which is pretty much the flu, like a different strain of the flu, how it's just COVID-19 has taken away from you know some of these major issues yes that we really need to be focusing on and our economy is suffering from it our black people are suffering from it people of color are suffering and when are those things going to change like i do have a lot of questions especially if the media plays a role in the information that's being shared with a lot of people you are perpetuating this Video, videos of black bodies being murdered, but you want to take down a conspiracy video. Yes. 19, and the fact that maybe it's not true. And maybe what we've been told is not that, in all honesty, I just worry about everybody being so addicted 
to things like Facebook and I have a problem. I know many people do Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, like all of these sources that in, increase our dopamine levels and give us a sense of high are, are, are sending these signals and information to us. And I don't, it's not the right level of information that we need to be aware of. We need to be mm-hmm. more concerned about how do we respond in more positive ways and how do we create change rather right. than, you know, oh, I might get sick. I need to wear a mask. What's the virus? That shit is me. It's, it's a virus. It's here now. Guess what? It's going to go throughout the world for the rest of our lives now. So we just going to have to deal with it. At some point, somebody's going to catch it. To me, it's just like the chicken pox. And at, some, at, at a certain level, we just have to create an immune system that's ready to fight it and be more healthy and be willing to like treat our bodies better right. so that we can combat viruses like this. But it, to, like I said, to me, it's no different than the chicken pox or the massive flu. That or the flu, out. right. Like the same numbers are being created if you really look at the World Health Organization and the mm-hmm. same numbers that the flu would have produced this particular year, which again, COVID-19 is a different strain of the flu, it would have produced the same numbers. So let's not, you know what I mean? Like, let's really focus our energy on trying to combat some of these racial issues that are coming up in the world than taking down a pandemic video that honestly, I think everybody needs to fucking watch. Okay. People really need to watch that video. Yeah, but to, to your point, Daisy, about just like the, the spectacle of just showing black bodies over and over in, in media. I mean, we, we it, because it drives up, it, you know, if you put a video up of a black man getting shot or a black woman getting shot, as has been the case a lot over the past uh, seven, eight years because of the, because of video and because of smartphones, you know, mm-hmm. thank God for smartphones for giving the capability to record on demand. Right. Moments notice for many people. Without this, a lot of this stuff wouldn't. You know, a lot of our outrage, even for even other incidents, would not be there because we would not not have had the evidence. But, but just think about, Darren. Just think about all the unrecorded. Oh no! And, and you know that there's many. There's many. There's many. so many more. There is. I mean, and that's not to deny. It, but that's. I mean, but I guess the point yeah. that I'm coming to is that. When even when those images are posted, when those videos are posted to social media sites, whether or not it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we are doing a favor to those companies because we are driving traffic to their sites. That's why they don't take the damn video down, is because it's 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 the cash cow. They don't think it's spreading disinformation that a nigga's getting his head blown off or is getting the shit beat out of him. You know, I mean that. You know, what a part of that are they not condoning? You know, what, they're going to come out with a statement three, four days later saying, oh, we don't condone it? Well, you just copy and paste it what Bed Bath & Beyond did. Bed Bath & Beyond made the same statement, and you think you're any better than them? (laughs) You know, I mean, because in what we were saying earlier, Daisy, just because you brought up the fact that the images of of, of Black people uh, uh, having a public lynching, I mean, and that even goes back centuries. You know, mm-hmm. it goes back to even even people in the Jim Crow era and, you know, even in the late uh, uh, 20th century, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, 19th century, Black people being hanged in public squares and it being of entertainment to people. 
Yes. People treated it as entertainment. That they actually looked at a person hanging in the town square and they came out to watch it and to and to and to be entertained by it. Can you believe that? You, I mean that's just that is disgusting and you cannot tell me that that, that 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 lineage, that that generation from that family who looked at that, that that wasn't spread down to the next generation. Mm-hmm. Or the next generation, and it's not in their DNA that they're even sensitized to it. It, it doesn't even phase them. They get a kick out of it. That's why you see those two two uh, little students or those two little white girls out there making fun of uh, of, of of George uh, uh, getting smothered. You guys didn't hear about that. It was like the uh, uh, Mizu, I think, in the University what? of Missouri. It was two of these. Uh, uh, I think it was these two these little white girls. It was two white white people, but they were laughing about it. Somebody's, you know, they on social media. They're over here laughing about it, and one of them is is trying to put their knee on the other one, and the other was like, "Oh, I can't breathe." <laughs> I I am I am legitimately like my stomach just turned inside as you said that, Darren. Because what the fuck? Because there's nothing that's changed. It's just the fact that we have technology in the media. But when you think about the behaviors of human beings, nothing's changed. It's the same, same behavior. And honestly, like, you know, I kind of wanted to bring up the question um, to Mary and talking about white privilege and the ways that people can respond more appropriately is like, what can white people do to support people of color and our fight for justice and equal treatment when i'm not even going to bring up those two little girls that just made that video but no you should because that's part of my answer the the part that white people need to do is not to i don't reparations are nothing to me i'm sure it's an it's nice but like reparations don't mean shit um giving someone a hug or saying i have a black friend or i adopted a black daughter like that doesn't absolve you of the implicit and explicit pieces of being a ally and a citizen and the responsibility that i feel of white people is to have the courage to call each other out for when they're perpetuating the language the jokes the microaggressions and uh, I'll give an example of, uh, of my family members. One I was speaking to last night, who I love very dearly, is my best friend and cousin, um, lives in Mississippi, as half of my family does. So we can imagine, like, the cultural complexities of those conversations. But I was talking to her last night um, because she and her husband had a hard time having kids and adopted a child. And they said, whatever child comes our way, we'll take. We just really want a family. And they got a, a black baby that was born to a mom on crack cocaine. Uh, and so they had their wish fulfilled and they're so happy about having a family. However, um, they're, of course, trying to figure out, well, how do I raise a black baby? What do I do with her hair? How do I oil it? How do I talk about her birth story? How do I talk about who I am versus who she is? And my cousin was saying like, you know, I'm really mad about these protests because people are just angry and acting out. And uh, I know it's about race, but like, I don't know, in my community, I don't really see racism. We're a pretty good community. <laughs> I was like, oh God. Okay. Wait and till the black ones run down the street. 
in Mississippi, y'all. <laughs> and that is my example. Those are the times in which with compassion, love, grace, and so much forgiveness, I had to walk into that conversation, not shaming my cousin because she doesn't know any more than what she knows. I can't be mad at her for keeping herself in that community. Mm-hmm. But what you have to do is say, baby, that, and what I did say, that is the definition of white privilege, because because you have never experienced it, it's hard for you to see. Now it's your job to educate yourself on the history of your daughter's race, because you need to teach her what it is that her people have gone through, not pretend like when you're in a grocery store one day, somebody's really rude to you and you can't figure out why. Or because she can't go on the playground, but her white friend can. That's your responsibility. So I say all that to say that the bottom of it for for me and from my experiences and from the privilege that I have had and will continue to share as a resource and an ally, not as a shamer or a violent protester, but to call out people that are like me in the ways in which they continue to oppress and use microaggressions to claim all this that's going on today yeah i think uh, mary what you're saying is like very you know what they're saying there is like i think like there's a white privilege that lives in a bubble a lot of times you know and then like if you live in a certain community you live in that bubble it's like oh we support everything we're so happy oh this is so perfect i don't understand why they're frustrated that's not racist no this is i don't understand why are they like this and so but still it's like um when there was like this whole thing about adopting um african-american children you know white kids when that little gerbert baby came out you know the little thing and they were mad the community were mad because the family that adopted her was uh white and everything and so i saw reading i was reading people comments and everything and i think that a lot of times that you know if you're gonna it doesn't matter if like if i could adopt a white kid or a kid of a different uh ethnicity and everything like that for me it's my duty to understand the other race Mm -hmm. you know and so it's like your duty you know yeah I got to learn how to comb their hair. You got to understand where their people came from. You know, you know, it's like if, for me to say that I'm a adopt a Aborigine, Aborigine, like, you know, uh, you know, they're from the, the jungle, you know, so you got to understand, okay, what is this? You know, just something just, you just have to embrace it. And then you have to teach them what, you know, you may not come against this in this household, but in life, when you're ready to go off to college, you're going to have a whole big old different kind of scenario. Yeah. You know what you're going to come against and yeah. everything. Even like, I say it's for even Jake, like, he was shelter. My child was shelter. You know, didn't let him go hardly anywhere. Don't, couldn't do nothing. Right. Well, I was by his side. Now he's out there in the world. He is going to come against so much stuff. We could talk, 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 talk. But until you come against it, you won't know what your reaction is going to be. Mm-hmm. All you can do is mm-hmm. pray and have faith. Right. And just talk to them. So when it does happen, they're prepared on what they would do. Right. Right. Um, 
Nikki, how you just talking about, you know, with Jalen being away at school, how he might encounter it. I thank God that, that when I was away at school, I never really encountered the racism. Although I went to a school where there was a bunch of white people around, I know people who've actually encountered racism out there. And I'm not, I, thinking back on it now, I'm just like, Laura, I thank you for not allowing me to be in those places at that time where those people, I'm not saying those people like, no, those people, but my fellow classmates or like some of my friends or my club sisters encountered the racism because I don't know exactly how I would have reacted. Because if I would have encountered that, I probably would have said, mommy, I'm coming back home. Like I'm about to finish my little, my unit so I can transfer back home to a school closer to home. But I'm happy I did it because it's like now I talking about stuff like this it's just like you have to look at just things in a different perspective. Right. And yes, I am African. I'm an African American young woman. Not only is it hard for us, but it's ten times harder for our African American men because they have a big target on their back. And most people think that every black man is evil and that they're into you know drugs, gangbanging, and stuff like thugs. that. Just like thugs all together. And it's just like, not every black man was raised like that. You know, you never, you don't know what their story is. Mm-hmm. And granted, their story might not justify their the way of life that they choose to live, but everybody has a story. Mm-hmm. And to be on social media and to see what 45 was saying yesterday, you know, when the looting starts, when you start looting, they're going to start shooting. Right. So basically, you're just saying that whoever the police see stealing stuff, you just tell them just to, just to shoot them and kill them. Or depending on their race, you're going, they're going to shoot you where they can't kill you, but if you see a black person stealing something, or oh, you're going to shoot to kill. Like, that's not fair to us. Well, Darren, Darren had a um, good comparison. Darren, do you, can you share a little bit about like why, where that came from when President Trump said that? Well, yeah, that came from the mayor uh, of uh, Miami. I think it was in uh, 1967 or 68. Uh, and they were referring to, you know, lootings and um, unrest during that time. But remember, it was, you know, it was during the Vietnam era. It was uh, preceded the 68 Democratic National Convention, which was a very tumultuous one you know uh, um it's a lot of movement that was going on at that time so it's it's it's, it's kind of eerie that he's making this comparison but you know he can't say anything i mean and just to even speak about trump i guess we can kind of veer into politics a little bit uh, um since i know we're we're kind of going on uh, um but yeah, 45 actually spoke with the brother of uh george floyd uh, George, uh, the, the brother spoke to Biden and to 45. You know what 45 said, what he said about 45? He said that, well, look, his brother said, he was on Al Sharpton, he said that I have never had to beg, you know, to a man in my life, but I, I begged both of these men to bring justice for my brother, you know, because I don't want my brother just to end up with his picture on a t-shirt like everybody else. And he said that 45 basically rushed him off the phone. But what would you expect, right? What would you expect from, from 45 when he, he's the same guy who was right. telling police officers to be a, a little rough with people? Be a little rough. Don't worry. Don't worry if you punch him in the head. Have him hit, hit their head when you're putting them in the car. You know? 
This is the same guy. He has no credibility. Yeah, Darryl, he was just doing that call. He was just doing that call for protocol. Just <laughs> you know, to say he like, did it. That's what they do. You know, he was yeah. it was it wasn't he wasn't sincere. It was like a waste of his time. But yeah. in order to yeah. save face and act like he was actually caring, he just picked up the phone or had somebody dial the phone. He got, oh, he's there now? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, hey, yeah. you know what, Mr. Floyd? It was really terrible, really terrible, really terrible what happened to you, happened to you. You know, you, you know how this guy talks. Right. He's a freaking yeah, he's asshole. Sound, he sound just like that. <laughs> he doesn't have a freaking heart. He does not have a heart. He's not compassionate. He does not show compassion at all. As far as all the, uh, as far as just the pandemic, like he hasn't shown compassion. What you think he gonna do? Uh, he's not gonna show compassion to nobody losing anybody. That's why, I, like, that's why I, I say that the Lord is gonna handle that man. Okay, like nobody can get to him, but I know God is gonna put that man through some through something okay she's already going through it because well, that's how, so. we should definitely wrap it up though you guys we're yeah we definitely got to wrap it up we are we have gone 25 minutes over um but we did we wanted to um it was another situation that happened in um central park in new york um a, a white woman caught the cops on a black man she was trying to use her privilege and, um, you know, the man, <laughs> little did she know, he was um, something, okay? He, <laughs> he, was he recorded her. Ivy League. He was, that's, that guy is Harvard educated. Yes, okay. The story Ivy was, you know, th they were in Central Park in New York City, and they were in a section of the park where you're supposed to leash your dog. Right. And she right. had her dog off the leash, leash. He politely asked her to leash her dog because he's a part of the Audubon Society. If you guys know about John James Audubon, I went to a middle school named after him. He was the bird watcher. So they, they look at birds, right? Mm -hmm. <sighs> and then she wants to give him attitude and says, then threatens him by saying that I'm going to call the police. Acting, mm -hmm. you know, going to her inner Karen, you mm -hmm. know, <laughs> I'm going to call the police on you. And then she calls the police. It sounds just like the skit that we did in uh, episode 42. Right. She, no, but what she said, she said, I'm going to call the police and tell them that an African-American man is threatening my life. Right. I'm going to call the police. Right. It becomes super, and you hear you hear the tone in her voice fluctuating. Yes. She's on the phone. As if she's actually being attacked. As if she's But really, her dog is getting out of control, so that's why she all out of breath, okay? Well, she's really her damn dog. No, Devin. Also, to her dog, choking her dog. So not only she's choking it, her dog. So she she lied to the police when on not on a nine one one call, which is actually like against the law. And she also yes. was choking her dog. So she got the consequences of her actions was that her job was taken away. The job that she works at was like we don't want this woman representing us. She is not a part of our model. She is not a part of our. Um, model citizen of what we want our employees to represent for a company. So bye bye. And then the dog that we'll she, take our dog. The dog that she got from the shelter took it back because if you watch the video, she was choking the dog. The dog was choking. She was basically choking the dog, trying to say that trying to lie on a black man. She went. 
literally one of the guys. Just because he started recording her because he he wanted to have on proof. Obviously, nowadays you got to start recording stuff or recording people because what the hell? Yeah. You you they're li- they're liable to she's mad because he recorded her breaking the rules right and then she popped and, out and, and as soon as she put the leash on the dog he said thank you and he stopped recording Boom. that's that white all, privilege all you had to do in the first place was follow the rules was follow all she had to do was say oh i didn't see the sign let me put a leash on my dog and she could have went on about her damn and, day not to mention that she's a registered democrat who uh, donated money to Obama. So the thing is, is that these neoliberals out here, they don't give a shit about. Uh, no, people. they may vote Democratic. I mean, but yeah, they they not they not all the way in there with us because they will try to use their privilege when it's convenient. Let me say this though. Hello, she what she was doing, and she tried to weaponize. Hello, she gave a half-ass apology. Exactly, okay. she wasn't really she was sorry. On- she was on she was on the phone with some reporter or something and she said that she apologizes for you know um for calling the police and blah 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 whatever and then she said I was not aware that I have the luxury of calling or that that others don't have the luxury of calling the police um than I do, or something like that. Like it was just a half-ass apology. Like what because she's not really like? sorry. She she's sorry that she got caught. She's, she's not really she sorry caught. in her heart. She's sorry that she got caught and she got fired. Yeah, that's just say my point is the whole thing is like they'll smile in your face and want to support you the whole damn time, but when it comes down to it, they still in the back of their head cannot stand you. I'm sorry. You know, and so that's what I'm saying. I just need for people to be the people that they are. Be honest. Let's just be honest. Right. What right. what you really feel. Let's not hide and be like, oh, just because I'm around this person right now. Oh, <laughs> you know, I'm going to support you. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. You know what? Let's, your actions. Let your actions speak louder than what your words are saying and what you portray in us. So. Right. Yeah, I mean, hey, look, if Jim the white guy is racist, I would rather Jim the white guy say, hey, Darren, I'm racist. And I'm like, okay, I don't fuck with you then. All right, Jim. You ain't got to be in my way, and I ain't got right, to be right. in yours. Right. I mean, I'm not going to slash your clip. I'm not going to slash your tires, but this other dude that I know might. <laughs> <laughs> but I know it's you, buddy. <laughs> okay. But yeah, okay, just, wrap it up and maybe let's go around and just like ask people to have some final comments or thoughts yeah so um nikki do you have anything you want to say last thing that you want to say let's just love one another and not hate one another you know let's just all just try to come together you know i'm thinking about positive vibes and everything i want to be around my positivity not negative stuff like i just want to be able to walk out my door be comfortable and be happy free love and peace and harmony hey have drinks yeah (laughs) for real Okay. okay daisy I mean, I'm just wanna, I just want to say, like, let's just continue to love each other and be friends and be 
smart, Avery. It's okay to be exerted. I don't know how to help you to so but you know, find positive that these feelings and re traumatizations that we're experiencing and also come up with a solution. If you have a good idea, if you're a teacher, I really do think that like we can make a difference if we all start to contribute to finding solutions and get solution oriented to how we can make improvements and seeing a better world. So all the creatives and all the people out there that want to spread love, let's just continue to do that so that we can stop down the negativity that exists in our world. Mary. Mary. Uh, <laughs> thank you for having me, by the way. Um, I think I would say to all my uh, sisters and brothers that are people of color, that I see you and I hear you, but that I know that this is re-traumatizing and that I'm here to be an ally. Um, and I want that my white friends, family, and everyone to put their ego aside and listen. This is the time to listen and bridge community. And for us all to remember that not one of us was born equal, that we were all born together, that we were all born and created new things, not by constitution, but by God, and to have compassion for each other. Um, the only way that we can make change is unite and have allies, even if we're white, and that's hard to stand. Please remember to have compassion and and come together to make society. Because this is the time. The okay. Time. We're here, and I'm here for it. Thank yes. You. Good, Mary. Day day. Huh? Um. <laughs> I just want us all just to. I can piggyback off of what Nikki said. Just to show love to one another, and like just know that no matter if we're not, if we aren't out there protesting with everybody, but just know that like we're here. We're just deciding to take the precautions to you know be on the safe side and just you know keep my tail out, keep our tails at home, you know. Because sometimes going out there, you can go out there with good intentions, but everybody out there don't have good intentions. No, nope. and you can mess around and be in like a crossfire of a rubber bullet, like some people were, and get hurt. So mm -hmm. just like show love, show tender, show be tender and caring towards everybody, and also just like try to learn how to just make Floyd's name, although none of us knew him, but just like don't let his name go in vain, right. Just Good, day day. Don't be stupid out here in the streets. Right. Okay, Darren. Um, I guess I just want to um just surmise that um I think we just need to remember what our rights are as well, that we do have the right to protest. And I think for far too long, municipalities they have they have secretly infringed upon that right to protest by saying that it needs to be organized. You know, that it needs to have some sort of order. And that's not really the nature of a protest. A protest usually is fueled by emotion or outrage or people genuinely being upset by what the status quo is offering or presented or has refused to change. Mm -hmm. Protests aren't started just randomly. Uh, um, they're, they're started off of a snowballing effect that over time it just gets larger and larger again until we right. say we're not gonna take it down. Okay. 
Anyway. But all I'm trying to, to initially to, to basically say is that in all this and seeing like how quickly they pass the curfew out to tell people you guys gotta go back inside of your house, you can't be mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. It feels very eerily similar just to a few weeks ago, right? Okay. So now yeah. I'm just trying to wonder, well, why are they keep telling us that we have to go and stay in these places? Uh-huh. Our homes are not jail cells. Our homes are not concentration areas where we just have to congregate in limited environments. So I'm wondering myself, how would a city enforce that anyway? Mm-hmm. It's through their police state. And to me, if, if, if the police are being used by politicians, they're being controlled by politicians, that's not good. That's not democratic. Police need to answer to, citizen, to, to citizens. Right. We will not be ruled by them. Mm-hmm. We cannot be ruled by them. Because you see that once, once a few people, you know, they're not even chasing the bad guys. They're over here inflicting. They're like a gang retaliating. They get upset, so now they're over here taking it out on innocent people. Right. And just as much as in a drive-by, because I heard this on KJLA, just as much as in a drive-by when somebody, you know, you may not even be the shooter. You may be sitting in the, in the other seat. You may mm-hmm. just be in the back seat. But you only get charged with murder, too. So tell me why those other officers, how come the law doesn't apply to them? Right. And how come even moving forward, when there's, an, when there's a shooting, there needs to be an extensive review process? Right. We need to stop scurrying away from charging police officers for crimes when they're legitimate crimes. Mm-hmm. How can you shoot somebody in the back and still be on, on, on patrol? Mm-hmm. You shoot somebody in the back while they're running away. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're reaching for their band. Mm-hmm. No, maybe you reached for yours too soon. Right. Anyway, that's all I have to say. Oh, Darren, that was a good word. Everybody, that was a good word that y'all shared, okay? I just want to say that police are not exempt from committing crimes, okay? I feel like those, all four of those police officers, even the police officers that have committed crimes and murdered the other, you know, people that have been victims of, you know, of them, um, I just, like, Day-Day and Nikki said, I just want everybody to spread love. I am with the protesters that are out there protesting peacefully and still trying to, you know, make their voices heard. Looting, I'm not really, you know, I wouldn't necessarily do that myself, but I understand. I understand the the rage i understand everybody's angry hell i'm angry we're all angry about you know the constant um basically modern day lynchings that they they have been you know put on that have been put on display over you know the past eight years or the past just this past couple of months like it's just it's very traumatizing, but I want everybody to just continue to pray. Um, you know, the, those of you that are spiritual, you know, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he has given us the power 
power and sound mind. Okay. That is his happiness. Power is that that song has been just replaying in my head because I feel like they have they're trying to put fear in us and I'm not the one okay you know I have been challenged (laughs) with the spirit of fear but you know what I'm not about to let this what's going on I'm not about to let that create more anxiety or fear in me because I know God is covering all of us we are covered by the blood of Jesus okay and that's just that and I know (laughs) I know we are gonna get through this his blessed still works. Remember that, y'all. Yes, the blessed still work. Okay. Y'all have a great week. Y'all just be positive. You gotta stay positive. And you gotta hold each other accountable. Peace out.